Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. In the U.S., gas-powered cars have stopped making big efficiency gains. I saw that headline in the Washington Post the other day. The drop in efficiency might seem puzzling at a time when the planet, of course, is shattering temperature records. And Joe Biden, and just like our Premier Prime Minister here, um, Justin Trudeau, is um, raising fuel efficiency standards, talking about uh, a clean, green economy. So what's causing all this? We often talk about fuel efficiency in vehicles, but somehow we're not making the big efficiency gains that we once did. Uh, when I read that, I said, you know what, there's one guy to call uh, to help me understand all of this. That's, of course, Jeremy Cato, automotive journalist at CatoCarGuy.com. Jeremy, welcome. Happy New Year to you. Uh, same to you. G- glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Your thoughts on this. Uh, what is causing uh, sort of the loss of these big efficiency gains that we've had in the past? Uh, well, it's not that the technology has gone backwards. In fact, there's plenty of good fuel-efficient technology, and and you can certainly load up vehicles with lighter weight materials. The problem is 85% of Canadians and an equivalent number of Americans aren't buying smaller vehicles. They're buying bigger and bigger vehicles. They're buying SUVs and pickup trucks of various sorts. And in fact, it's hard to find, you know, your typical economy car like a Ford Fiesta. Those are long gone. So it's all about size. You just can't get away... Uh, from the fact that physics is physics and uh, and mass is mass. <laughs> so, and, and, and we expect this trend to continue. Then, I mean, we, we I, I, look. I'll be I'll admit right away. I drive an SUV. Uh, a young kid, I play hockey, all those kinds of things. Um, the suburban dad, all that sort of thing. And we think we all have to deal with that stuff. You come downtown, sometimes a little tight for parking, and I understand that. But do you think that we're going to continue this trend? Continue with this trend in regards to just our love affair with the SUVs will continue? Yes, we are going to continue with that trend. Uh, and not only for the reasons you've just described, but, you know, the baby boomers are still the big consumers out there. And as baby boomers get into their 60s and 70s and 80s, they don't want to climb down into a car anymore. They'd rather just slide their hips across the front seat and not have any aches and pains uh, ignited by, <laughs> by climbing into a Corvette or a Mazda 3. Uh, so, no, I don't think we're going to see that change. What we will see mm-hmm. is more electrification, uh, especially uh, with the move, not just to electric vehicles, but to more hybrids. Uh, I, I think we're seeing in the marketplace right now just a huge surge in uh, gasoline electric hybrids, which essentially cut uh, your fuel, uh, uh, your fuel use, and your carbon footprint in half compared to a vehicle of the same type and size. So, and then uh, eventually electrification. But that, as Jazz, we've talked about this before. This, you know, all these electric vehicles we're seeing, many of them are gigantic. I mean, you know, the new Hummer SUV EV has a battery the size of an old Honda Civic. Jeez. I mean, think about that. I mean, it's almost ridiculous. But but we just, Americans are really, you know, really, really love their big vehicles. But, 
you know, 85% of Canadians are buying some sort of crossover, not necessarily a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something like a Mazda CX-5 or a CX-3. Um, but they're still, not only are they bigger, but they don't have the same aerodynamic qualities, right? They don't cut through the wind. And so you lose some of the benefits of that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading recently even just uh, uh, pedestrians being hit and that number is going up. Partially is if you're driving a smaller vehicle, um, you have a, perhaps a better chance of, of, of not being hurt as badly as opposed to an SUV, which is higher. And you're seeing sort of a, an increase in pedestrians being struck and injured a lot more um, in the U.S. than you saw in the past. That, that's partially yeah, one of the reasons. Think, think, of, think of the height of the hood in the front of the car. Mm-hmm. If you're in a Honda Civic or an old Honda Fit or a Ford Focus, that that uh, hood height is probably below your hip length if you're an average person. If you're hit by a Tesla Model X or the new uh, Cybertruck, well, that, that that's going to hit you right in the face. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, so some of that is is the, the, just the physical size of these vehicles. They are right out there. Um, taking up your whole body, whereas with a smaller vehicle, you might roll. If, certainly, if it's a slow-moving uh, encounter with a with a vehicle, you might just roll over and get a few bumps and bruises, but it's not catastrophic. If you get hit even at a very low speed by a cyber truck, um, I think you're going to the hospital. Wow. Uh, do you think environmental groups will start honing in on the SUV? Because just based on what you've said, that this is our love affair, uh, you know, they focus on pipelines and all those types of things. But part of the reason, and I can't remember the numbers now, that SUVs, because of their popularity, play such a significant role when it comes to climate change and, and GHG emissions, uh, that can you see sort of environmentalists making this public enemy number one? Well, I mean, they might, but, you know, the, the, the really the, 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 the hardcore people like our uh, environment minister in Canada, Stephen Gilbo, um, I, I think he would just like to get rid of cars altogether. He's not really. Uh, so, so, yes, I guess you could make SUVs the poster child for excessive emissions. Um, but uh, I, I don't see that being a high priority for environmentalists. As a, I'll, I'll tell you, as a guy who ran for city council last year, the, the, the one of the loudest lobby groups that that we encountered on the campaign trail were the bike lobby. Yeah. They don't want to see cars at all. They don't care if it's an SUV or a pickup truck or a small SUV or a Honda Fit. They'd rather you ride your bike or take transit. And it would be great if we had decent transit in the lower mainland. But as we all know, we don't. That's a work in progress. <laughs> that is for yes, sure. And I, and, I do, and I don't doubt your comments about Americans liking their, their SUVs, big vehicles. One only has to go to the Bellingham Costco and you go, wow, you can actually park an SUV compared to some of the parking lots we have here in the lower mainland. Much easier um, in the U.S. But let's talk about another issue in the car industry which caught my eye. Um, China's overseas auto sales, um, uh, I was reading, have surged to record numbers last year to the point where they surpassed Japan as the world's biggest car exporter. What is happening um, here? Is it is it a one-off or is this a, a tectonic shift in the in the global industry? Well, I, I think you're seeing a, a shift because um, Chinese manufacturers are superb, and especially if it's a, a commodity-like product like, like a car. 
And, and there have been restrictions placed on the uh, export of vehicles to a number of places like Russia. So where is Russia getting its cars now? They're not getting them from uh, in all the American and European manufacturers have pulled out of Russia. So the Chinese have moved in and they are selling hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Chinese vehicles into Russia. So this is uh, and, and, and other places as well. And then there's, of course, globally, there's a huge appetite for less expensive vehicles. If you've been to India, for example, you'll know that you're not going to see a whole bunch of Teslas rolling around. You're going to see a whole bunch of other much less expensive vehicles, including little three-wheel and two-wheel ones. Mm-hmm. So the emerging markets are looking for low-cost, not fancy, commodity products Um, that have four wheels and an engine. And that's where China's really good at. I mean, China makes is a, is a manufacturing powerhouse and it's manufacturing a lot of goods that aren't very expensive for emerging markets. Um, I I was also reading that uh, China's one of their car companies, BYD, which is uh, an EV company, uh, certainly for one quarter in 2023, Uh, outsold Tesla globally. Now, do you think this is a one-off and things will return to normal, or do you think this is also uh, a reminder that Tesla may not be remaining at at number one for very long? Well, you know, I I, I did a video uh, on my YouTube channel about Tesla versus BYD um, just probably six weeks ago, maybe two months. Um, BYD is a super interesting company. You, You might remember that uh, one of the early investors in BYD was Warren Buffett, and he's mostly sold out his stake in BYD because he felt he'd made the most profits. But BYD is is a force to be reckoned with, and for two reasons. One, it's a very, very strong manufacturing company, but two, it's vertically integrated. BYD has lots of expertise in battery making. In fact, that's where most of uh, its business started, whereas Tesla needs to buy its batteries from a variety of suppliers. So if you ask for my prediction about which company in the world will emerge as one of the super global powerhouses in electrified vehicles, it would be BYD because they have the manufacturing capabilities and the battery technology and the capabilities of manufacturing their own batteries. BYD is a company to look for. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was looking at the numbers that the overseas sales jumped five times to 242,000 in 2023. And I think they were saying that they're going to expand their overseas showrooms in North America and in Europe. So it uh, looks like Tesla, at least beyond uh, the traditional car makers, also has uh, competition when it comes to Chinese automakers as well. So lots of lots of churn, as they say in the in the car <laughs> car business, lots of stuff happening. And I promise you we'll be calling you lots this year because uh, we want to stay on top of it. Thank you so much uh, today, Jeremy. My pleasure. We'll talk to you again.